You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young, and we are here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan. And we have a special guest, Mary Hamby from 22 West. Now, in an era of products that are mass-produced, especially this year, you know, when we've been hesitant to go shopping just for fun and have ordered so much online, I mean so much online, how many people have bought something on Amazon and gotten burned? If you're not putting your hand up right now, you're lying to yourself. So we want to talk about a company here that's local that doesn't do that, that can help you out. And this company makes it a priority to offer jewelry and home decor that is completely handmade and artfully inspired. So excited to have Mary here to talk about her brand on the Brand Builders Podcast. But her and her crew of artists are just settling into their new home in West Charlotte. Congratulations on that. Where her store beckons you to browse. Now that sounds exciting. Uh, located just across from Enderly Coffee and Enderly Park, which we've also had on the podcast. They're fantastic. 22 West is a dream come true for artists and entrepreneurs who live to create. And we are all about that right here on the Brand Butters Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us and welcome, Mary. Thanks so much for having me. Mary, good morning. Good it morning. feels so good. We're finally back in person here and uh, God knows it, it. It's just great. It's great. It represents great. a really good time and hopefully we're pulling out of this thing. We're curious. Um, first, tell us where the name 22 West came from. 22 West comes from my childhood home um, in Greenville, South Carolina. So it's a place that means a lot to me, and I wanted it to be part of my company as we were getting started six years ago. Awesome. awesome. I, I love people that, that take something from their past and create that not only into their name, but into their culture. I think it keeps you grounded, and I think it keeps you remember. You, you kind of remember why you might have started a company. Oh, um, so that's really, really neat. I, I think of my childhood in like just different areas that I kind of like remember. So naming a company after it is awesome. Um, let's talk a little bit about 22 West. Now, you're, you have a unique background, a lot of interior design. Um, you've worked with a lot of different companies. Um, you are a graduate in interior design from Carson Newman College. So tell us a little bit about your journey. Uh, you know, you've been a business owner with 22 West since June of two, 2015, but how did you get there? And, uh, and, and tell us a little bit about what, uh, what that experience was like. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I actually, I, I like to say I'm a beauty school dropout. I went to Carson Newman. I studied interior design. Um, my senior year of college, I ended up dropping out to start 22 West. So that's kind of my background, my story. So I love design. I, I thought design was the direction I wanted to go. Um, I felt that way from a very young age. I love the way it combines like the science of art. It's the art you do with the ruler. And um, <laughs> that's very much my heartbeat. Um, you'll still see that, um, that spirit in my work. Um, but as I was in school and doing internships and kind of getting into the industry, I just was missing working with my hands. I feel like that was so key for me. Um, it was just pulling at me. So I was right across the street from an art studio at the time I was living in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And um, it just was tugging me in. And my husband said, you know, what if you got a studio there? And I was like, what if I got a studio there? And um, so I signed the lease in June of 2015 and started making things and haven't looked back. Look at that. That's awesome. I know. 
Turning passion into profits. Let's do it. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. So tell us about your experience, like in moving from Greenville to Chattanooga Mm -hmm. and and how you landed in Charlotte. So, yeah, that's exactly. I started in Greenville. That's my home. I lived there my whole life and then um, married my husband, um, Daniel, who at the time he had the job. So I moved to Chattanooga to be with him and he um, was in film and ended up starting his own production company about two years into our marriage. And we kind of looked around and thought, I'm self-employed. He's self-employed. Let's kind of take our lives and and start in our own city. So Chattanooga was his city. Greenville was my city. Charlotte's our city. So we absolutely love it here. We feel like we have so many resources, so many people who support us and support the arts. When we moved here, we didn't know a single soul, which I think says something about – the way the city supports its people. And we're, we're very thankful to, to be here and to be building both of our businesses here. Same thing. Like I moved here 20 years ago, knew absolutely no one. And, and you're right. It's so friendly. It's, it's such a great environment. People, I, I think what brings that to Charlotte is that we're all sort of transplants. I mean, we know people from here, but more so people that are not from here. Very true. And, and I, I don't know. I guess I, I sort of contribute some of that to, you know, the folks that come here and they want to be vibrant. It's business friendly. It's, it's a little less expensive to operate here than, say, maybe the Northeast. And it's, it's really interesting to see how the community really wants to rally around you and connect the dots kind of thing. Absolutely. Matter of fact, that's why we do the podcast. <laughs> it's, uh, well, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's great to hear the story from someone else's perspective as well. And I think as I travel like the rest of the country, we hear that about Charlotte, but we don't always hear that about other cities. Um, so it's interesting. Yeah, I totally agree. I loved what you said about um, it was his city, it was my city, and this is our city. I don't get that experience. My wife's from here, yeah. right? So I got here she, in 2010. Won, so is mine, actually, I, I'm gonna, <laughs> as I sit there and I'm, say I'm that. working my A off <laughs> trying to prove that this is my city, you know what I mean? Every time I got introduced, it's like, oh, well, my wife's from here, you know? Yeah. Um, but no, I'm just kidding. That's awesome. Charlotte's a great a great place, and uh, and I love that you guys have created that here, especially being two self-made entrepreneurs um, and doing things that are different. That's so ne- unique. We've had so many uh, couples that have been on here that both both the, the, the man and the wife or whatnot are both, they both have companies. And I'm like, what is what is dinner like at your table? You know oh. what I mean? Like, what in the world? So that's it's really, really neat. It's a lot of business talk. We yeah. have to say like, okay, let's try one hour. There we go. We can do this. There we go. <laughs> but it's great because he he brings his talents into my business and I bring my talents into his business. So we're reading each other's emails where um, he films me and my team in the studio. So we have that great like um, content we're able to share that um, maybe I wouldn't have normally been able to do if, yeah. if I hadn't married him. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, and the other cool thing is, is, is I've, I've realized probably in the last like 15, 16 months that a lot of companies are now looking outside of their industry for ideas, right? Uh, it's not all of this is the way it was and this is the way it has to be. So for you to have a unique perspective that your husband is in a completely different field, those ideas, he might have an idea that you never would have thought of, right? Or your team, none of them could have thought of it. And you go, oh, we could do that. Yeah. And then you do it and that really differentiates you in your industry. So I think, you know, if you're listening to this, like constantly challenge yourself, talk to your friends that are different industries, see what they're doing. And it might come up with an amazing idea that'll really make you stand out uh, as you try to compete for all of that different types of business. So let's jump into to your business specifically, because it's fascinating. And you have a very cool uh, store here. 
So tell us about your brick and mortar uh, when you opened up the 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 true you know I guess storefront experience and tell us what that's like. Well, we just opened our storefront on TechCG right here on the west side of Charlotte. Um, we opened in February, so we were still an interesting time to be opening a storefront, but we were committed and excited and ready to offer this. Um, we feel like it's a, a very unique um, thing to Charlotte because the front of our store is all of our finished products. So you can come in, you'll see all of our home goods, jewelry, um, and really special treasures. And then you walk into the back and you get to see me and my team actually making it. So you talked in the beginning about not being mass produced and this is as local to Charlotte as it gets. And we've really tried to build a space where you can explore and discover. And if it's something that already exists in the world, honestly, I don't even bother. I'm like, if it's already out there, there's no reason for me to make it. So we really focus on creating things that you haven't seen before or done with a little bit of a different twist, a, a different um, way of coming at things. So my hope is that when people come to the store, they can really connect both with the pieces we're making and with the human beings who make them. I think that's brilliant. And, you know, in the world, I would say in the last year, people have really realized, like, where do items come from? Right. And when you're relying on other countries or you're importing everything that puts you at risk when something like a pandemic happens. Now, you don't need a pandemic to understand that not everything should be imported. And honestly, we can do a lot of things really good right here in Charlotte. Um, somebody used a uh, kind of talked a little bit about um, Ikea. And Ikea is great because Ikea is really, really inexpensive and you can get it really, really fast. But think about how much waste Ikea puts out into the world, right? My parents' furniture that they got from their parents will last forever. Ikea lasts about 14 days and then you're going to get a new shelf, right? So it's cool to, to be able to have that here. Now, um, kind of transitioning into your team, it looks like you have a very diverse team, but at the same time, they're all women, right? So tell us about your team specifically and, and, and what do they all do when you say you're making this stuff from scratch and we can walk in and see it. Like, can we literally walk in and see you doing that? That's so cool. Tell me about it. It would literally, it's my favorite thing. People come in the store and you'll see when you walk in, you'll see the product, you'll come to the back and you'll see bags of porcelain clay. You'll see rows and rows of colorful threads. Um, you'll see fire. <laughs> um, we work with soldering equipment. Um, we have spinning. Um, so even like our bracelets, they literally come together before your eyes. So it starts as these raw materials and we get to see them transformed into these really meaningful treasures. Do you do custom orders? Like do people come to you and say, hey, can you make this and go from there? Or is it more like just your creativity no, to the marketplace? I, I absolutely love um, working custom. So um, we have people who come in the store and as you're shopping, you're talking to the maker. So, you know, we, you're a little bit shorter. We need a design that flatters your um, proportions or you love this, but you know, your daughter's favorite color is purple. We'll come to the back. We can make it for you. So it's a really special experience. And part of what makes it so special is the customizing, is the making on the spot. So actually that has been one of my favorite parts. This is our first time having the store and the production in the same place. So bringing that all together and bringing that to people, customizing is one of my favorite things to do. 
your place looks amazing. I'm scrolling through your Instagram now and seeing your new spot. I, I love the color. I love the area. I mean, it's, it's really cool. Like, I, uh, <laughs> wait, it is. Yeah. Like, there, there's so much creativity there. The building itself is truly, um, so special. Um, it was boarded up for years before we um, found it. And so I feel like it's some of the best of what Charlotte has to offer where we have these buildings. I mean, we drive around and I've been calling for years. Um, I've probably called on every building in Charlotte. And that's how it feels. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was so excited and so wanted to, um, before this, I was working out of my house. So, um, and people would come and, and do pickups and things like that. But to have a space that we can open our doors and share with our community was so important to me. And so when we found this space, actually with the help of Tony and Becky from Enderly Coffee mm-hmm. in Foster Village, Charlotte, um, we were just so thrilled. So, I mean, just putting the paint on the building, seeing I, every time I pull up, I'm like, oh my goodness, that is my business card on a building. Like what an honor. Um, so we love our building it has all the character, all the, all the textures, <laughs> all the leaks and we love it. <laughs> I'm sure it sparks creativity too. Just getting that separation from your home and being a part of that with your rest. team and, and a, it, yes yes and it gives probably gives you a little additional motivation too it's true oh yeah <laughs> there's additional costs associated with that it's true absolutely so tell us um we had, we also had foster village on our podcast as well so i love having alumni of our brand Motors podcast together and and enderly and yeah both yeah. it's it's fascinating um so i want to to ask you there's I would say in the last, well, really in the last year and a half, there's been a a real big emphasis on buying local, right? I think people really understand the importance of buying local, um, not only keeping money in this community, but ultimately there are small business owners in this city that need your help, um, especially after what everybody has gone through. Tell us your experience since 2015 starting this business. Um, Do you feel that there is a more um, uh, intent on people buying local and how has that experience been for you? And 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 do the numbers mean that, right? Like like with you coming out with your story in 2015, I think there would be a lot of people that would say, oh yeah, but I can get that cheaper on Amazon. I I can you know I'll go to you know big box and buy it. But now maybe they're they're checking themselves, right? They're saying you know how can I support that? So have you seen that? Have you kind of reaped those benefits as as people have paid more attention to to buying local and truly doing that? Yeah. Absolutely. I've heard I've heard it all. So I, I got my start by traveling around and doing festivals. So I would travel 40 weekends a year and talk to hundreds of thousands of people. Um, and it's just these quick little interactions where people are sharing a little bit of themselves. I'm sharing a little bit of myself and we get to know each other in this. It's a very interesting um, way to meet people. But I have I have heard it all. And I I believe I'll continue to hear it all. I so wish that it was okay as a culture, we now understand that we're talking to humans who are, you know, in our community and making things. But I think there will always be, you know, people who who have different ideas. But I have definitely seen people coming in the store and telling me, you know, I shopped your online store during the pandemic because I wanted you to make it through. And now look, you've made it through and I'm here and I'm still supporting you. So the community really rallied around us. And I think when you're shopping local, you're, I mean, you are definitely telling um, 
us as small business owners that you want us to make it. And, um, you know, not only am I supporting myself and my family, but I'm supporting five female and non-binary employees who count on me to pay their bills. Like five feels like a million. Like that's just such a huge responsibility. One is, one is plenty. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, but it's also a huge joy because now my work, um, it means even more to me than ever before because um, I get to to do this um, for myself and for my team. The dream is growing. Awesome. Yeah, that that was actually going to be one of my questions. Like, how do you run your business? Are the artists, are they co-oping your space or do they work directly for you? I think you just answered that question. But. Yeah, they work directly for me. Um, but very, um, my team is so creative. We have so much talent. And so they are also, you know, running their own creative um, things on the side. I think when you have this spirit, you just can't help but make things. We talk about like on our days off, what are we going to do? We're like, well, I'm definitely going to be making things. <laughs> like, rest right. your hands. I'll see you Monday. <laughs> How does social media help help your business? Are you in, involved with Pinterest? And that, that seems like the perfect platform for what you're doing, but I'm a little ignorant to it. No, I, I love, I do, I personally enjoy, um, ever since my design days, I enjoy scrolling Pinterest. I find a lot of inspiration from interiors, from painters, from all different sources. I don't personally put my work on Pinterest, and it has more to do with the limited resources that I have, limited time, limited energy. So when I go to social media, I'm like, okay, this is how much energy I have and this is the resources I have. So I focus in more on Instagram. I feel like that's where my customers are. Um, so I show up there every day. I share a little bit of what we're doing. Our stories are a great way to see our process and get that behind the scenes. Um, and then we do newsletters as well, just to come straight to people's inboxes, tell them about workshops we're having, special events at the shop, things like that. What about Etsy? Is that a good Etsy, platform for? Etsy is a great um a great platform for small brands. From the very beginning, um, I knew that I wanted to control the narrative of my brands. It's very often if somebody buys something on Etsy, the temptation is that they'll say, oh, I love your bracelet. Where'd you get it? And they'll say, I bought it from Etsy. I always wanted people to say, oh, I love your bracelet. Where'd you get it? And they say, oh, I got it from 22 West. So we've awesome. always hosted our own website. So it's 22west.com. People can shop there, come to our store. And in that way, I control a little more of the narrative that people are saying about our work. So I want to transition. You you have done an amazing job with 22 West, but you also have a uh, another part of your business, and that is you are part of a consulting business um, alongside the product business. So tell us, how did that start, and, um, and how is that going for you? Oh, yeah, that started very organically. So I received a lot of um, direct messages, emails, and it got to be where I was hearing from somebody, you know, maybe three times a week, every other day kind of thing. And um, just little questions, um, big questions. Can I, can I talk? And I think just small brands, um, there is so much need for information. When I started six years ago, um, that's how I started. I 
I would talk to my booth neighbor beside me and say, have you heard of this show? Um, what kind of insurance do I need? Um, am I doing this right? Um, so we're filled with questions. I feel like small business plus artists plus all the mini hats we wear, it's nothing but questions. So these questions were coming at me and it got to be more than I could handle and I really wanted to be there for people um, but wanted to kind of organize it in a way where I could stop everything and really be there for people. So this is a way to say, okay, I'm setting aside this hour um, so we can really dive in and I take the time to get on their website and learn. So I'm giving them advice that they actually need, which is a big thing. I think everybody wants to give you advice, but everybody's goals and plans are different for their businesses. So you really can't just step in and give this quick kind of canned response. And so I think that's what we're all looking for when we're asking our questions is, okay, but this is this is for my business, for my dream, and everybody's is different. So this was my way of kind of um, coming in and and helping and giving back. Do you think um, artists in general now have more opportunity than they did previously? And what are some of the reasons why? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think there are a lot more opportunities than ever before. Um, you will also get a little. Um, I think there there has been like a heyday of shows that maybe was about 10, 20 years ago. People, um, when you when you talk to the the old timers, they'll be like, oh my gosh, I used to do one show and I made more than I made all year at my, you know, corporate job. And so then I quit and then I started doing this. I think there's um, maybe because there's more access to makers, there's less urgency. So when we go do shows... Um, people know that they can find us again later, um, which I love because that's how I built my audience. So, you know, come look, see if, if I stay in your mind, if I stay in your heart, then, then follow up because I have something for you. Um, but the fact that, that I could come to Charlotte, know no one, open my doors and, and be, you know, a profitable business, I think that says a lot about the fact that we really can, you know, build these dreams. I love it. The um, We always talk about staying top of mind, right? Marketing is not about slapping you in the face with your brand. It's about staying top of mind. So when the opportunity comes that that person is ready to buy, you are in their brain, right? You are Absolutely. in their mind, you come up. So, and I think you get that, right? It's not like we're not going to an event because we want to make sure we sell every single piece of jewelry. We're going to that event to connect with people, to have conversations. You t said you talked to hundreds of thousands of people. Like that right there is grassroots um, in a nutshell. And that's what that, I think a lot of people can take good advice from that. Like fall in love with the journey. Don't get in love with the results or don't get in love with the instant gratification. Like that is, if I can give anybody advice, it's fall in love with the journey. And then 10 to 15 years down the road, you're going to realize like all of that hard work was worth it. And I think you're a great example of that. Oh my goodness. Slow and steady. I, I would take that all day because that to me says, okay, we've been here for six years, but I'm ready for the next 60 because we will slowly, but surely, you know, the people who are following us, they've, they've met us, they've talked to us. Um, when your friend comes into town, where do you want to take them? You know, you can bring them to 22 West. You know, your mom has a birthday. What do you want to buy her? You know, a piece of home decor. So I think um, definitely staying top of mind, definitely slow and steady and really committing to the process. There's kind of a movement in small business right now that's do it for the process. And that way you're setting your expectations. I always say, like, for instance, Instagram, if I was posting on Instagram, 
Um, and the second I post, I say I've won because I did it. I showed up. I posted. I shared what I was doing. And then that leaves me free to no longer be thinking, okay, are people seeing it? Have I beat the algorithm? You know, how many likes and impressions? It doesn't matter anymore because I've already won because I did what I can control. So if we focus on what we can control and then let go of the rest. You're speaking my language. I mean, this is this is music <laughs> well, to our ears over here. The, I'm loving the this. The faster you rise, the harder you fall. Oh. So, so it's like eating an elephant. Just one bite at a time. Do the right thing always. And, you know, you, like you say, you're, you're building something that of value and, and you're building something that's there to stay. Um, everyone's so fast to the finish line. It's like, what is your, what is your finish line? Is it profit? Is it market share? Like, you know, and uh, then what happens is you see these small businesses that, that don't last beyond the trend. So I think finding something, your why, that is deeper than the moment um, so that we can continue to do this work because it's a lot of work. Like you don't come into an artisan small business, um, you know, just for fun. It's, it's hard. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, I say you do this business if you have to do this business. Uh, that's what. That's why I'm here. It's because I literally have to be here, and I love it. But it is the hardest thing I've ever done. For sure. What? How do you stay creative in the midst of now running a business? Because that's a whole another side, as you just mentioned. It's it's not just you being creative anymore. It's you being creative plus running a business. It's it's very true. Um, I I always keep a sketchbook. So if I'm in a moment where I can't be actually making things because I might be deeper in the business side at that season, then I will, you know, sketch my ideas, sketch my thoughts. I'm also very inspired by our materials. So we keep spools of wire, bags of clay, the threads. And so sometimes I'll almost sketch with the materials. So I'll cut up the threads, I'll form something in the clay, I'll bend the wire. Um, and sometimes designs kind of stay in my head for a while until we get either the skills or the um, the equipment needed to make it. So this morning I'm wearing our Shine a Little Light earrings. These were one that has been in my head for years. Um, and I was waiting until you know, we solved this engineering problem. So much of what we do is really engineering and problem solving and how do we combine these um, unlike materials. So, you know, once we were able to add that soldering element to our studio, it's been really beautiful to see what doors are opened. So designs are always changing, evolving. This collection in particular is a little bit brighter than we're used to, little pops of color on the edge, um, really leaning in more to the whimsical side um, of what we do just because I felt like the world needed a little joy right now. Um, so right about that. <laughs> yeah. A little ebb and flow with Amen. with the seasons and with what's going on in the world. So I think being flexible and, and being creative um, and taking inspiration from, from where we are. So you guys, um, we mentioned Foster Village Charlotte, and uh, you guys are tied in with Foster Village uh, Charlotte. And, and on your Instagram, it says giving back. Uh, to Foster Village Charlotte, which they are awesome. Uh, we love their story. And if you're listening, go back and listen to their episode on the Brand Brothers Podcast. I'll tell you all about them because they are fantastic. But tell us about not only your commitment to them, but how does 22 West support Foster Village Charlotte? 
We are honored to be partners with Foster Village. We love um, Becky, their co-founder, and our neighbor. Um, Fostering has been on my heart um, ever since I was young. Um, It's something that I've always been been drawn to and wanted to impact in a positive way. And I think if you can combine, you know, your business, which in my case, it's a business that I love with um, my heartbeat and passion for giving back. I think sometimes we try, we say, okay, I'm going to do a volunteer day or I'm going to you know, we really should do this. But I think if you can find something that feels like, wow, it's really taking my giftings and my heart and my love and and it's combining that with this business that I love, then it doesn't ever feel um, forced or pushed or, or required. And so because of that, giving back is easy and it's something that I look forward to. So we've designed special projects for um, Foster Village. We have our safety pin houses. Um, so my team and I make those that you can pin on a bag, hang on your wall, um, and 100% of those sales goes to supporting Foster Village Charlotte and all the amazing work they're doing with foster families and making sure people feel supported. Um, my team, we love to cook. Um, so we do a lot of um, potluck days. Um, and as we're able, we like to double recipes and fill Foster Village, um, their freezer that they give for when people are coming into um, foster families and they need a meal um, and just supporting through events and in, in any way we can. But like I said, it just, it really is so natural and such a love and we are so honored to be partners with them and all the amazing work they're doing. It's amazing. We um, are blessed to be able to have a lot of nonprofits on this this podcast, about 25% out of 200. Uh, so I'd say about 50, maybe more than that. But I love connecting our audience with the nonprofits of this community. And I'll challenge you right now. If you don't have a charity or a group that you work with, go to sharecharlotte.com, check out you know the different organizations out there and find one that you're passionate about. Get your family involved with that. If you own a business, you definitely need to be able um, to have your employees connected to another organization. But that is what your your employees will feel that purpose. I talk about this all the time. Scott Dunstan and the Dunstan Group have been committed since day one to our community. And I was kind of lost before I got here, but this company has given me purpose and I get the opportunity to not only share these great stories of these nonprofits, but support them from a branding aspect. We have our charities that we obviously love and we support and that just makes it all worth it, right? It makes, it makes the days that suck not suck as bad. It makes the, the, the things that you do way more fun and enjoyable. And then you're going to create that kind of community. And that's something that your employees, when they leave the door every day, they're going to be super proud about. Like people are proud about making money and they're proud about growing a business, but get them involved in a nonprofit that they can be passionate about. And you will see an employee that will come through that wall or that door. I wouldn't say a wall. I was saying like <laughs> run through a wall, uh, but come through the door every day, more focused, more energized, and honestly, more passionate about what they do. So I'm, I'm proud of you for, for doing that. Like I said, I love Foster Village Charlotte. And, I, and I, this is a trend that's happening on this podcast, which I freaking love, is that companies and leaders and the ones that are doing it right in this city are committed to something more than just their business. And, um, and that's so awesome, uh, Mary. So before we let you go, because you have dropped a ton of knowledge on us, and um, I wish 
I'm writing down all these notes and I'm, I'm recording this. You know what I mean? <laughs> 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 I always forget. This is going to be aired. Like being prepared, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be aired. You can listen to it again. Um, but tell us about, you know, advice from an entrepreneur. When I grew up, I, I loved art. I just wasn't good at it. Right. But back when I grew up, it was like, you know, artists necessarily weren't, oh, you can't go to like art school. You, you like, you're not going to make any money doing that. Right. So there was a Starving lot of people, artists. right. Right. There was a lot of people that maybe had a passion for art, but they never really d- dove into it because they were told that's not the way to go. Now I think there is more opportunity for, for artists and, and for people that are from a creative standpoint, up and down the board. I mean, think about marketing in general. There's a lot of people that are super, um, or every company is trying to do that now. But tell us, like, what is your advice for somebody that not only is in that art, you know, kind of kind of field, but an entrepreneur that is typically not in like a high grossing business? Like, what do they need to know? Uh, and what advice could you share with them for them to ultimately make that leap and and give it a go? I love that question because starving artist is is a you know, mindset that is so seeped um, into us from such a young age. And I so want to dispel that and show people that you can be a thriving artist. Um, and I think a big way to do it is to to model it. Um, so it was modeled for me. I, um, you, I was an apprentice for a ceramicist in high school and college, and she was the first person I saw who was making a living on her art. Um, and I saw it up close and personal and saw that it, it could be done. So one of the things I do is I like to open our studio doors um, so people can see, oh, wow, like this isn't, you know, a hobby. Um, this is a real career that can, that is a, a true choice that, that you get to have. Um, so I think having leaders um, in in our community who can show that that this is something that that can be done and can be done really well, um, and it that so that it becomes an option for the next generation. Um, but for people who who grew up thinking, you know, I love art, I hate hearing that it, it's not an option. So um, I think my goal with my business is if I can can stand as an example in the way that other artists stood as an example for me, then what an honor to continue that on. Um, but I would say, you know, knowing that it's, it's not easy is important. I think if you go into it thinking that, um, this will be, um, you know, you'll be making things every day and people will swarm your doors and buy everything you make. I mean, I wish it was true, but, um, but it's that slow and steady. Like you said, it's, it's a little bit at a time, a day at a time and doing what you love and having, having a real, reason for why you're doing it um i think creates great success love it love it we have a lot in common we do mary this is awesome uh thank you so much for joining us i hope everybody that is listening go follow them on 22 west on instagram check out their website but ultimately go check out their new spot i can't wait to go check it out um i'm gonna do the hype video from there it's just gonna be cool so i'm just gonna let you know pre-warning beautiful pre-warning one last question before you close yeah 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 did you design the, the space? Yes, it's I beautiful. Did. So you're also an interior designer. Always, oh, yeah. <laughs> always yeah. designing. Always, <laughs> I love it's it. It's gorgeous. Like yeah. again, I've been scrolling through your Instagram. Thank it's, you. It, it's really, really cool spot. We worked with local artisans too. Um, going back to that IKEA thing, if if I can take the money that I have and support other local artisans, 
absolutely, I'm going to do it. So um, all of our displays were built here locally, and I'm actually stopping by to pick something up on my way out today. Awesome. I love it. Well, this has been awesome. Mary, we, we learned a lot. Um, you know, I'm so proud of you for what you've been able to do. And I love that you called Charlotte home. But ultimately, I love that you took that journey and you took the leap and you you started an organization. But hey, the biggest, you know, plus that I can say is that you, you opened up a brick and mortar we in the middle it. of a pandemic. <laughs> and, and that should be like, you know, there's a lot of people that did a lot in the last, you know, 16 to 18 months. And um, it takes a lot of balls to do that, right? It takes a lot of, of, of not only courage, but, you know, you believing in yourself, believing in your team and knowing that that was the next step. And I think there's a lot of local businesses that had to challenge themselves and went through a lot last year. Um, but ultimately, it's not about forgetting about last year. It's about learning from it. And and everybody learned from it. But you were saying, that's not going to put me down, right? My goals are still happening. We're going to build this. And so cheers to you. Like, that's that's so awesome. Uh, like I always say, if you are listening, please like, share, comment. Please go check out Mary. Check out 22 West. Uh, check out Foster Village. Check out Enderly Coffee. Check out the whole neighborhood. You can make it a, a, a nice afternoon. Um, but again, thank you so much for joining us. Your story is awesome. I, I love that you're you know married to the process. I think this is just the beginning. And uh, it's going to be really interesting to, to follow your brand in the next five to 10 years. Thank you so much for all the support. Thank you, Mary. Love it. Until next time, you've been listening to this episode of the Brand Builders Podcast. You've been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast, brought to you by the Dunstan Group with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com. <laughs>